Welcome to class. My name is Jeff Pullier, and you're listening to HeroClix 201. With this show, I want to dive into details that many players, especially new ones, may not know. This is a history lesson where you learn about game elements that don't come into play very often, if at all. Today's episode was recorded on 12th October 2018 and has a special emphasis on the Fantastic Four. Set Spotlight, where I talk about a specific release and feature noteworthy figures from that set. The last set of 2002, Clobberin' Time, was the second Marvel set to be released and brought the Fantastic Four, their friends, and their enemies to Heroclix. The main set had 84 rookie experienced veteran figures and another 12 uniques. There were 24 LEs, each a real name version of one of the other figures, such as Felicia Hardy being the LE version of Black Cat. Since they made their debut here, I'm going to concentrate on versions of the Fantastic Four and their enemies. First up is the rookie Invisible Girl, Clobber in Time 043. As a rookie, this figure had a yellow ring on its base. She would be found in a common slot in a booster. Invisible Girl was 37 points, had no range, the Fantastic Four team ability, and 5 clicks of life. The rookie was mistakenly given the flight symbol, but Arata gives her the standard move symbol instead. This figure was completely a support piece, since her highest attack value was 6 and drops down to 4. As a support piece, she has stealth on all 5 clicks to keep her safe, defend on the first 3 to help out allies, and barrier on click 4 to protect her team. Her opening click was 6-6-18-1. An 18 defend for 37 points is still a good value. Her defend drops down to 17 and then 15 before switching to barrier. Invisible Girl would later be given the Fantastic Four keyword. Something neat is the differences in appearance between the rookie, experienced, and veteran versions. The rookie is fully painted in the traditional Fantastic Four costume. The experienced version was painted on the top half, translucent blue from roughly her waist to knees, and transparent the rest of the way down. The veteran version was completely transparent and labeled Invisible Woman instead of Invisible Girl. CT-047 is the figure that this set was named after, the ever-loving, blue-eyed Thing. Speaking of blue, this is the blue-ringed experienced version that could have been found in the uncommon slot of a booster. For 110 points, Thing had 8 clicks of life, 0 range, and the Fantastic Four team ability. Thing had charge on his first 3 clicks. Super Strength his entire dial, Invulnerability the first two clicks, and Toughness the rest of the way. His opening click was 8, 9, 17, 4. By the time he's on click 8, those numbers had dropped to 4, 7, 14, 3. 7 isn't a great attack value, but it was higher than many other figures of the day would have had on their final click. Thing's only keyword would be Fantastic Four. The red-ringed veteran Human Torch brought some firepower to the team. He had 7 clicks, the Fantastic Four team ability, flight, 10 range with a single target, and cost 73 points. He was clobbering time 051 and could also have been found in an uncommon slot. 
veteran Human Torch had Energy Shield Deflection on his first six clicks. A good thing, because you did not want him engaged in close combat. His first two clicks had Running Shot. After that, he has Energy Explosion for clicks 3 through 5 and Pulse Wave on click 6. He was given, you guessed it, the Fantastic Four keyword. Johnny started with 10 10 15 3 and finished with 6 6 12 1. Also a red ringed veteran, but found in the rear slot of a booster, was Clobbering Time 072, Mr. Fantastic. Reed was 113 points for 7 clicks of life, 8 range single target, and the Fantastic 4 team ability. Mr. Fantastic had plasticity his entire dial and incapacitate clicks 3 through 5. Defensively, he had toughness on clicks 1, 5, 6, and 7, with invulnerability in between. In the damage slot, he had outwit on clicks 3 through 7. His opening click was 10, 10, 15, 2, and he ends at 6, 7, 12, 2. All three versions of Mr. Fantastic also had a real uh, teal arc enemy base that matched that of the Rev, our rookie experienced veteran, Dr. Doom. This means that this set's Mr. Fantastic could not be on the same team as this set's rookie experienced veteran, Dr. Doom. It also means that if Reed delivered the knockout blow to Victor, or vice versa, that double victory points would be awarded for that figure. Mr. Fantastic's keywords were Fantastic Four, Ruler, and Scientist. It's villain's time as we move on to the silver ringed unique for this lesson, Clobberin' Time 090 Super Scroll. Like all uniques back then, this could be found in the rare slot of a booster. Super Scroll had 8 clicks of life, flight, and a single target 8 range for 127 points. The Scroll team ability gave him a 1 in 6 chance to avoid being attacked. His opening click was 8 11 16 4 with running shot, energy explosion, and invulnerability. On click 2, he switched to close combat with 8 11 17 3 and plasticity, super strength, and invulnerability. He had the same powers on click 3, but lost this plasticity on click 4. Clicks 5 and 6, he kept the super strength, but switched into toughness. He'd keep the toughness through click 8. When he lost the super strength on click 7, he gained incapacitate and also had that on click 8. Super scroll would retroactively be given the keywords scrolls, soldier, and spy. Overall, a very versatile character that still has decent combat values. Our final character from this set for this lesson is Clobberin' Time 110, the LE Doctor Doom. This Doom didn't have the teal arc enemy base, which meant that he could be played on a team with Mr. Fantastic. He was 68 points for 5 clicks of life, flight, single target 6 range, and the Minions of Doom team ability. This version is either Doom very early in life, or a Doombot that thinks he's the real thing, because his dial isn't great. His opening click was 8 10 16 3, with Pulse Wave, Mastermind, and Perplex. Good, but not great. Each of those combat values drop by one the next click, and his powers become Pulse Wave, Toughness, and Leadership. On click three, he had Incapacitate as his only power. His last two clicks kept Incapacitate and added Outwit, ending with 6 6 13 1. Using Outwit was about all he was good for. Dr. Doom was later given five keywords, Armor, Mystical, Politician, Ruler, 
and scientist. Keyword cornucopia. There are keywords we all know and use, both named and generic. But what about the other, almost unknown keywords? Let's reach into the keyword cornucopia. While it isn't a completely retired keyword, figures with the Fantastic Four keyword are few and far between. The oldest figures with the keyword go clear back to Infinity Challenge with the experienced Spider-Man and veteran Black Panther. There were 18 figures in clobberin' time with a keyword, including all versions of the main members of the FF, plus veteran Logan, experienced She-Hulk, and unique Medusa. Other characters that have had the Fantastic Four keyword over the years include Nova, Ghost Rider, Lockjaw, Crystal, Luke Cage, She-Thing, Bombastic Bagman, Storm, Joe Fixit, Iron Man, Hulk, Doctor Doom, Lyja the Laserfist, Angrier, Franklin Richards, and Ant-Man. The last time any of the main Fantastic Four were clicked was in the Marvel Heroclix 10th Anniversary set in 2012, although an argument could be made for 2013's Fear Itself, since Angrier was a transformed Ben Grimm. There have been other characters with Fantastic Keywords since then, but as of when this lesson is being recorded, there hasn't been one since an L.E. She-Hulk in 2016. It's possible that Marvel will again allow WizKids to use the Fantastic Four again, but for now, it's a keyword you won't see in a modern game. Team Ability Time Capsule In this segment, I'll talk about an ATA or a team ability that isn't used any longer. The Fantastic Four team ability was denoted by the classic Circle Four on a character's base. It debuted in the Clobberin' Time set, although the Alicia Masters bystander from a map pack is considered part of Infinity Challenge. Many, if not most, of the characters with the Fantastic Four keyword also had the Fantastic Four team ability. There were a few characters that didn't have the keyword, but did have the team ability, notably the members of Power Pack in 2008's Secret Invasion set, and one of the versions of Onslaught in 2011's Giant Size X-Men. It last appeared on Franklin Richards from 2014's Days of Future Past Gravity Feed set. The Fantastic Four team ability is not currently listed on WizKids' list of team abilities. The team ability read, When a character using the Fantastic Four team ability is KO'd, each other friendly character using the Fantastic Four team ability may be healed of one damage. If all remaining characters using the team ability are KO'd as part of the same action, this team ability can't be used. When an FF team member is KO'd, it rallies the others and the heal a click. Suddenly, 5 points for that Alicia Masters bystander sounds like a very good investment. There were two ATAs that require the Fantastic Four keyword. Newer Fantastic Four would cost one extra point per character using it and read, A character using this team ability modifies its attack value by plus one when attacking characters possessing the Indomitable, Giant, or Colossal Combat symbols. Given how many characters with those symbols there are now, a mere one point each to add this ATA seems like a bargain. The other ATA is Fantastic Force. Fantastic Force was a spin-off title from the regular FF comic. This additional team ability would cost 5 points per character with the Fantastic Four keyword. The ATA granted, Characters using this team ability may replace their defense value with the unmodified defense value of an adjacent friendly character using this team ability. 
While this could have been useful, I'm not at all sure it was worth 5 points per character. For a price, you can add extra powers to your characters if they met certain qualifications. These are the featured feats. One is a feat not a feat, one is an ATA in disguise. Our first feat this lesson is titled Fantastic Four and came out in 2005's Fantastic Forces set. It had the prerequisite of the Fantastic Four team ability. Note that this was the FF team ability and not the FF keyword. That's what really sets this feat apart from an ATA. The text read, All friendly characters with the Fantastic Four team ability have the following team ability instead of the Fantastic Four team ability. Any member of this team may replace its defense value with the defense value of any other member. The cost of this feat was zero points. While not usable by all the same figures, this feat was better than the Fantastic Force ATA for three reasons. First, it doesn't require adjacency to work. Second, figures may share modified defense values. Third, it's free! Our second feat this time is from 2006's Collateral Damage set. Running Start had a cost of 5 points and the prerequisite of Plasticity or Stealth. It read, Choose a character. Do not have the character's movement when it begins a move action in Hindering Terrain. This is a handy feat for Mr. Fantastic with his Plasticity or Invisible Girl with her Stealth. I'd say that many stealth characters could have benefited from this feat, since the very same hindering terrain that kept them safe from range attacks also hampered their ability to move. I don't have commercial sponsors, but I'm still going to promote a product or service every episode. This is a business that I like and support, and think you could too. Above the Airwaves is a pop culture podcast that takes deep, fan-driven dives into movies, TV shows, and video games. Hosts Steve Cocaine and Tony Tran, often joined by their friend Tally, give in-depth discussion and opinions. They discuss both the new, such as Solo, A Star Wars Story, and Disenchantment, to the not-so-new, like Groundhog Day and Reaper. When covering a TV show, they'll often do a commentary over the first episode of the series. Do I always agree with them? No. But they've led me to watch some things that I might not have if I hadn't heard them talk about it first. Above the Airwaves can be found in the usual podcast apps, on Facebook, and at AboveTheAirwaves.com. Time for character creation. We'll I'll take a character that's never been clicked, or should be redone, and give them a new dial and card. Agatha Harkness is a witch that first appeared in Fantastic Four number 94, cover date January 1970. She has aided the Fantastic Four both by using her powers against their foes and by being employed as governess to Franklin, the son of Invisible Woman and Mr. Fantastic. She has also served as a mentor to the Scarlet Witch, both while alive and even after her death. While certainly not an A-list character, she is important to Marvel history and it surprises me that she's never been clicked, not even as a bystander. My version of Agatha Harkness is 50 points for 7 range single target, the Mystic's team ability, Fantastic Four and Mystical keywords, improved targeting hindering, and 4 clicks of life. Her first trait is Ebony. Agatha Harkness begins the game with an Ebony bystander adjacent. Her second trait is Teacher and Governess. Agatha Harkness can use Perplex and Support. 
Her opening click is 610-182, with phasing teleport, penetrating psychic blast, and a special defense power, and outwit. That special defense power is Mystic Wards. Agatha Harkness can use energy shield deflection and defend. Click 2 is 5-9-17-1, with phasing, incapacitate, and mystic wards. Click 3 is 5-9-16-1, with mind control, telekinesis, and still the mystic wards special power. On her final click, she's down to 4-8-15-0, with stealth, smoke cloud, super senses, and her damage special power, one last chance. It reads, once per game, stop. Agatha Harkness can use regeneration and doesn't take the minus one penalty. The bystander that Agatha generates is her cat, Ebony. Ebony is her familiar and also her protector. Ebony has no range, team affiliation, or point cost, but does have the animal keyword and tiny damage symbol. His dial is 39151 with sidestep, blades, claws, fangs, and super senses. He has improved movement hindering and elevated, and two traits. His first trait is still a cat. Ebony's improved movement hindering does not allow it to ignore water terrain. His second trait is Agatha's Familiar. When Ebony fails a roll for super senses, place it adjacent to Agatha Harkness instead of dealing it damage. If this cannot be done, KO Ebony. Map Minutiae where I'm going to cover a specific map from the hundreds that have been produced over the years. In fact, this time, I'm going to cover two. One of the most recognizable location names in the Marvel Universe is undoubtedly the Baxter Building, the usual home to the Fantastic Four. I would argue that the Baxter Building's temporary replacement for Freedom's Plaza was more iconic in appearance, but that's long gone. The Fantastic Four doesn't occupy the entire building, just the few top floors. The rest of the building has had various other businesses in residence, including Wendell Quasar Vaughn's security company. In recent years, and the absence of the Fantastic Four, the Baxter Building was the home of Parker Industries. As a Heroclix map, the Baxter Building first appeared in a Fantastic Four starter set in 2008. This indoor map is old enough that it was the larger 24 square by 24 square size, but also new enough that terrain types were actually marked with colored lines. It has blocking and hindering terrain and walls. There is one wall in column P between rows 14 and 15 that only blocks half the square. This is the only Heroclix map I know of to have a partial wall like that. If asked, I would say that this would block a ranged attack depending on the angle, but not a close attack. Artistically, this was a cool map of the FF's living and working areas. It has two labs, one with Doctor Doom's time machine, and another with the negative zone portal. A garage that includes Human Torch's roadster, a kitchen complete with oversized chair for Thing, bedrooms, and more. It has four marked starting areas, one on each side. The opposite side of the map was Castle Doom Gardens. The other time the Fantastic, Four, uh, Fantastic Four's home was used was in the X-Men Days of Future Past. It's labeled Baxter Building Sentinel Headquarters and is an indoor map. This is a map of the standard size, 2 feet by 3 feet. The special terrain on it is blocking and hindering, and there are walls. The design is almost but not quite symmetrical. 
there's no advantage to picking one starting area over the other. The largest room on the map is centered, bordered by walls with several ways into the halls that surround it. Some equipment inside the room provides hindering and blocking. There are a few smaller rooms along the edges of the map too. The art design in this map is very uninspired. There's nothing about the art to make one thing, uh, one think this is in the Baxter Building or that it has become Sentinel Headquarters. It could be any high-tech headquarters or even a shop of some kind. The other side of this map was the South Bronx Mutant Internment Center, a much more interesting map. Battlefield conditions can help your team or hinder your enemy. Of course, that's a double-edged sword. Time to break down some BFC DNA. Disruption came out in 2008's Secret Invasion set. The art shows Thing and Human Torch fighting the Super Scroll. It had the following effect. Characters on a theme team cannot use the probability control granted by a theme team if they already have an action token placed on them. When a character on a theme team uses probability control granted by a theme team, place two action tokens on the character. The character does not take pushing damage from the placement of these tokens. With this BFC in play, each player had a tough decision to make. Take the damage, or completely tie up a piece with action tokens in order to cause a reroll. The next BFC is Malice. This particular version of Malice was based on a split personality in Sue Storm that was caused by Hatemonger and Psychoman. She first appeared in Fantastic Four number 280 in 1985, and the art on the card is of this character. As a battlefield condition, Malice came out in 2007's Mutations and Monsters set. It had the following effect. At the end of each player's turn, if none of his or her characters made an attack against an opposing character, that player chooses a friendly character and deals it one unavoidable damage. Yikes! That's one way to keep your opponent from hiding in their starting area. The counter to this would have been to have a character that automatically heals a click during your turn. What are the things you reach for? when you want more than standard light and heavy objects? From cardboard objects with special abilities to 3D representations, from word balloons to light constructs, this is item inspection. Perhaps one of the oddest objects is the bucket of water. This was an LE object released in 2010 as part of the DC 75th anniversary set. It's, a, it's a ANS 101. The bucket of water is a light object that one character can hit another with, but also has special text. When not carried, a square containing this object is not considered hindering terrain because of this object. It is considered water terrain instead. These days, a light object wouldn't be considered hindering anyway, but the idea that it would become water is crazy. In a Golden Age game, there are many choices for characters who receive bonuses from being in water, whether having stealth in water to an attack bonus and even more. That is just amazing. You could make one square of terrain pretty much anywhere on the map into water just by putting a bucket of water there. The Globe of Ultimate Knowledge Relic came out concurrent with the Incredible Hulk set as IHS-102. The first comic book appearance of the Globe was Tales to Astonish number 73 in 1965. 
the globe of ultimate knowledge would be worn over someone's head and would give them access to the accumulated data collected by the watchers over the eons. As a Heroclix relic, it wasn't quite as powerful. Physically, it was a translucent orange globe, less than a centimeter in diameter, and easy to lose because of its tendency to roll away. As an inanimate object, as noted by the blue ring on its card, it couldn't be moved or destroyed. A character in the same square as the globe could attempt to pick it up by taking a power action to roll a d6. On a result of 6, it would be put on the character's card and allow them to use Outwit. If a character using the globe was KO'd, the globe would be placed in that character's last square occupied. That's it for this time. Thank you for listening. Heroclix 201 is presented by the Podcastcadia Network. Questions or comments? Want to chime in about an upcoming topic? I welcome your feedback. Search for Heroclix 201 on Facebook, where you'll also find a visual companion to the various things I discussed this episode. You can also support the show on Patreon. Special thanks to HC Realms for being an incredible source of information and images. Next episode, I'll be talking about the first set of 2003, Explosion, and make a new dial for an X-Men who hasn't been clicked since 2007. Until then, be good, have fun, play clicks.